You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. So maybe you're quell you're quelm. Just made up a fucking word. Quelm. We're sticking with it. Maybe your quelm is between and that just means your your bone to pick from now on, okay? I'm making the word. It exists. I don't care if it's not a word. I don't care if it's an existing word that means something else. Now it means what I wanted it to mean, okay? What up, Kane Strain Podcast, Hockey Podcast Network. How y'all doing? Probably doing slightly worse than last time. Uh, you know, we dropped an episode because the Hurricanes have lost two in a row for the first time this season. But uh, it doesn't quite mean that they're down bad. You know what I mean? Like, it is Tampa. I know it's annoying. We got to play Tampa like 42,000 times in a week. Uh, but, you know. We shall get through it. Um, And you know what else can help you get through it? Winning yourself just a little tiny bit, but actually really a lot of it, of cash. Uh, You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Of course, hockey is included in that as well. I feel like hockey fits somewhere between basketball and golf, you know? Pretty big range. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. Makes it a little more exciting. Gets your juices juices going. That sounds gross, but uh, imagine it's not. Imagine it's a cool thing. Uh, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion dollars to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's really no better place to get in on all this action, all right? So now that you know how to play, here's what I need you to do, all right? All right? Do this for me real quick, right now. Actually, right now, though. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app. Go ahead. Have you done it yet? Okay, cool. Uh, Sign in. Sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, Canes drop two. It is what it is. Um, you know, the the first game out of the two, I will say, uh, I look, I don't, Sometimes it's hard for me to like really take a deep dive on these games because one, like a lot of they happened days ago, you know. I don't remember every in and out. I'm not sitting down and recording portions like at midnight after the game happens or anything, um, or at fucking seven p.m. because these rescheduled games are at five. Five o'clock games suck. Hey, five o'clock games suck. I know. I know why all of you are like, well, it's because it was rescheduled and they can't have it at the. I know. All right. Hey, I know. But my point is. For those of us that do this thing called working during the week, 
uh, you know, between a Monday and a Friday. Uh, the workday kind of ends at that time called 5 o'clock, so uh, guess what's happening when you're dropping the puck? I'm sitting in fucking traffic for 30 minutes on my way home. And uh, I missed the entire first period of that second game, but anyway. These games, like, uh, if it's not a win, you know, I'm just basically going to give my my big picture thoughts on the games, and then we can go into it. Like, if you want to hear a, a, ga- a goal-by-goal recap... I mean, I guess let me know. I'm more than happy to do that for whoever wants it done. Um, but, you know, other people do that just fine. You could just rewatch the highlights if that's what you want. I'm not going to regurgitate information of what happened to the game. I'm here to kind of, you know, give thoughts on the, the bigger picture, if you will, like the team as a whole. And as we step back and we look at the team as a whole, my, my overall thoughts are just like, it's, it's going to be all right. Like... You don't play out of your mind for a month straight. Like you, you have ups and downs. I've I've even talked about this at length before when I've talked about you know being a a grinding team who can score versus you know an all out offensive team, uh, you know who's just outscoring their opponent every night but giving up chances at the other end. I f- still fully think that the first is much more sustainable than the the latter. Um, because as you can see, you know, you're not going, I know the hurricanes were averaging like what, 3.9 goals a game or something like that going into this week. Uh, and they put up two in the, in the first game and get shut out in the second. Like you're, you're not going to be an all-star form every night on the offensive end. It comes and goes. We all know that goal scoring seems to come in chunks for, for these guys that, you know, score goals. And a lot of the Hurricanes guys got on goal-scoring binges, like, all at the same time. So, law of averages, man. Uh, Eventually, they're all going to stop scoring, and it's probably going to be in similar time frames. So, someone else has got to pick that up. Either you have to have so much depth scoring that literally everyone in your lineup scoring consistently, which is just, you don't have the salary cap to make that happen. Uh, For the Hurricanes, I think it's more of their defense has to get involved in the scoring. And so far this season, it hasn't. Uh, I, I mean, I know that Dougie Hamilton's got plenty of assists. I think that he's, you know, he's made some plays, but Dougie Hamilton's, his strength is to score goals, you know, like that's what he's going to do. Well, you can count on Dougie to score you some goals and he has to, because while I will say that Dougie's defensive game has improved a lot over the last couple of years, um, you know, he's still not, he's still not a top pairing level defenseman to me. And when I say like, I emphasize defense all right because to me when I talk about a top pairing defenseman I get it that Dougie Hamilton is a top pairing defenseman like he is going to be a one-two because he's good so I'm not talking about that what I'm talking about is like literally your level of defense like I don't think that he fits into a one-two I think that he's more of a middle like a three-four level defenseman all right not offensive player defenseman and I'm one of the people who still thinks that that matters a little bit um, so, you know, a Brett Pesci, I think is a one, two level defenseman. Jacob Slavin, I think is a one, two level defenseman. The Hurricanes don't have any other than those two guys. Um, you know, they've got, and this is the thing I've talked about for a while. They've got a lot of like, it's like Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, Dougie, and then everyone else to me, defense wise is at a third pairing level, which you can you can do just fine with the the reason why the hurricanes defense is good is because those middle 
middle guys and even the guys in the third pair. I mean, if you look at a guy like Jake Bean or, or Jake Gardner, like they all have offensive upside. Every single one of these defensemen has offensive upside. Uh, you might not have thought it at first, but like Jacob Slavin, like he can make stuff happen. He he can be a playmaker um, when he gets the chance to. He just doesn't take that many chances because he knows that his forte is being a shutdown defenseman. So that's what he takes care of. And Dougie Hamilton's on his line. So if somebody's jumping into a play, not named Dougie Hamilton, I don't like you know. Dougie's always going to be the one to jump out of the two of them. So Jacob doesn't really have a chance to be that much involved in the offense consistently. But you can see that like he definitely has the skill set to do it. Dougie, we know what he can do. Um, Brett Pesci, I think, has a sneaky level of offense. It's It's been coming out for the last couple of years, and this year I think you're really seeing him, um, you know, his shot's gotten better to me, his just ability to get pucks to the front of the net, his kind of presence, like poise with the puck is important. You see a lot of guys, as soon as there's any sort of pressure – they just want to get rid of the puck. They want to dump it into the corner. They want it to be someone else's battle. They want to just live to fight another day, which is okay, but it's not the best option. The best option is make a play. But a lot of guys can't operate at, at full speed, you know, mentally and physically to make a play every time they have the puck. Brett Pesci is, is, has been able to do that much more, I think, this year than I've seen him in past years. Like He's more willing to hang on to pucks, make good plays, and get more pucks to the net, which just it's going to score more goals. You know, and I think he's racking up some points because of that. You know, you've seen Rod use him in situation where the team situations where the team needs offense, and like that's not a coincidence. It's because he's good. Like he hasn't. He does have an offensive upside. I think that anyone who who didn't quite realize that is seeing that this year. Um, Brady Shea as well. You know, I, I don't think that he's got that going as much as he'd like to yet this year. But in his career, you've seen. You know, he he can he has offensive upside. He's he's been able to score goals. He's been able to contribute on the offensive end. Um, and then, of course, you know what you've got in uh, Jake Gardner and Jake Bean, who are both kind of known for their offense. Uh, Jake Gardner, you know, maybe on the downslope of that. But still, it's like that's his that's his calling card. Like, no one's signing Jake Gardner to be a lockdown defenseman. Like, you're hoping that he can be fine in his defensive zone and make plays in the offensive zone. And Jake Bean... Seems to be like an elite, uh, you know, um, offensive player who still has plenty to work on in his D zone, but hasn't just been an, an absolute liability by any means. And then you've got Hayden Flurry, who I want to talk about in this episode today. Um, and Hayden Flurry is still is still working on putting it all together, but you've seen flashes. You know, he went like a million games without scoring. And you saw him score last year, um, and and really get involved offensively. I think, and 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 I was always waiting for that because in Charlotte, he he was like he was involved offensively. He had a good shot, um, and he would make plays in the offensive zone. So I guess it's just that confidence factor at the NHL level. Um, you want to see it consistently, so it's there. But like all the Hurricanes defensemen have offensive upside. I would say Flurry maybe. Um, I don't know if I had to consider someone with the least offensive upside. Probably him, but like he still has some, you know what I mean? So that's good. Like it's it's good that Hayden Flurry, I would consider having the least offensive upside out of all the Kane's defensemen. Like that's a good thing because he has enough, you know, like to be considered a two way guy, I think. Um, so that's good. Like you need that in today's day and age. Um, but 
sometimes these guys are a little too chance takey in their own zone. Um, Brady Shea had a horrendous turnover that ended up, I mean, it, I'm, I'm not going to say it ended up losing the game, but it, it was the game-winning goal. Was and, and it was really a bummer to me because, you know, Brady Shea is a, is a target. People I've already seen, you know, a lot of people don't like Brady Shea. And I've said this before. Brady Shea is going to turn the puck over. Like, if you can't come to grips with that, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to be pissed off a lot. Like, Brady Shea is going to make mistakes every single night. It's just the way he plays. It's the decisions he makes. And hopefully, more often than not, he can net positive. Some nights he does. Some nights he doesn't. I think, in the, for the most part, it ends up as kind of a wash. Because overall, I would say that he's had a good season. I know that people like to pick a player and and it's usually this. And this is what it comes to. And this is why I wanted to talk about Hayden Flurry um, because he hasn't been in the lineup for the last few games. People, it's the same. I've talked about this ad, ad nauseum this season. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but I will bring up the thought again that like people want prospects to turn into who they want them to and they make them in their mind a different player than they are in reality. They become unwilling to look at what's actually happening on the ice and instead in their brain they're like this person's you know it turns into this person hasn't been given an opportunity well it's like well, they've played games and they haven't like blown up yet so like isn't that opportunity like what do you want do you want to give the young guy who hasn't proven himself yet top line minutes because that could backfire very very badly and that's the type of shit that gets coaches fired because <laughs> it's just a bad decision like I understand potential, okay? But potential is called potential because it hasn't happened yet. So potential is the opposite of a sure thing. I don't know if everyone thinks that way because some people look at potential as this guy's going to be really, really good. No, that's not what potential means. Potential means this guy has, you know, the, the budding skills and the, I don't know of another word other than potential to use for it. He's got a chance to turn into this thing. And, you know, sometimes it's a better chance than others, especially as guys develop, like it turns into, uh, you know, you start to see more and more who you're going to get. At this point in Hayden Fleury's career, I'm not quite sure that he's proven that he's more than like a a, a five, six, seven defenseman, and that really depends on the team. Uh, Hayden Fleury happens to pan, play on a team where the Hurricanes have, you know, six NHL-level defensemen at all times. And I would say that, you know, this season with Jake Bean kind of emerging, they have seven. Um, I think that all seven of those guys would, would at least be really fighting for a roster spot on any other team in the league. So that's usually a pretty good barometer for saying someone's an NHL player. Um, so look, there's going to be a fight and there's going to be competition. Uh, Jake Gardner came out of the lineup. Jake Gardner, I think, has played pretty well. And, and especially the last couple games he played before, uh, you know, he came out for for Hayden Fleury to get back into the lineup, I thought he played well. I didn't think he did anything wrong. That would merit coming out, and that's not why he came out. He came out to give Fleury a chance. Uh, and then you saw Fleury come out again uh, last night against the Lightning. Quick break from the episode. I want to introduce you guys to another show on the Hockey Podcast Network. As you know, there's a show for every team and some original content as well. New episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday, at least for the 31 shows around NHL teams. So check this clip out and check the show out. Yeah, it's 
gonna be really interesting. Like, I like Pinto, and I, I remember everyone like. And this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing. We need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like, he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick and now he's making nine and a half million dollars. Pajot, drafted I think in the fifth round and making five million. Hoffman. Welcome to the Sens Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sens content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin. But now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. (laughs) Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. So... Back to my overall point, okay? People want, and, and I'm talking about Hayden Flurry here. People want Hayden Flurry to so badly be the player that they think he can be that in their mind, they've already decided he's that player. Like they just have, you know? In, in a lot of Hurricanes fans' mind, Hayden Flurry is a bona fide, like, top four defenseman who should never, ever be considered to be scratched. Okay? That's some people's picture of Hayden Fleury. And that's fine. Have your picture. But I'm here to tell you, from an actual hockey standpoint, and, you know, the way guys need to play, Hayden Fleury has been fine. He hasn't been outstanding. I know that last year he played really well. I was extremely impressed with him last year, but I've said it, and I'll say it again. It was 20 to 30 games. That's fantastic. But it doesn't mean shit unless you can do it consistently. How many good games did Justin Falk have for this franchise? He had several good years. He set records, okay? He set franchise records for power play points and all that sort of stuff. So let's not pretend that, you know, having a short stint of success equals this guy's this good forever. I don't know why you you want to take that away from guys like Justin Falk in the past. But you want to give it to guys who haven't earned it yet. You know what I mean? For veteran guys who have been around and proven themselves, when they have a bad stint, all of a sudden it's, this person's bad. Like, that's what the conclusion has jumped to. With young guys that have 10 good games, oh, they're the next best thing. And it's like, this guy, this other guy has proven that for 10 years. This guy's proven that, you know, he can be good for 10 games. And then the other 10 games, he was like, ah, okay. Like, I just... I don't understand the mentality, and we can say that, you know, agree to disagree, but the fact is, like, Hayden Fleury's been a 6'7 defenseman this year because Hayden Fleury has been a 6'7 defenseman. That's how he's been playing. He hasn't played that great. He hasn't played bad, I don't think. I mean, I think he's had, like, a game or two where I would say, like, it's been a little rough, but overall, like, he's been fine. I don't think he's been bad. I'm not trashing Hayden Fleury, but the Hurricanes have seven NHL-level defensemen, so it's going to be a competition. And, And, oh, by the way... That's a good thing. You want competition. You want more NHL players on your roster than can play in a game. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. I don't know why people want to act like, oh, the logjam. Dude, there's no logjam, first of all. 
There's no logjam, there's just depth, okay? A logjam would be like, I don't even know, like, that, that term implies that this guy is too good to be on the bench. Well, if you're on the bench and people in front of you on the NHL level are playing better, then it's not a logjam, you're just not good enough to make the roster, you know? Okay, maybe Hayden Fleury could be a top four defenseman on a bad team. Congrats. Like, is that what you're looking for? No, you. that player wants to be that on a good team. So be it on a good team, but earn it. Like, he's got room to grow, and he needs to do it, and I get it. You want to see him get a chance, but he's Rod's done that. Rod didn't have to scratch Jake Gardner, who had played just fine, to get Hayden Fleury in. He hasn't taken Jake Bean out. I have a sneaking suspicion that Jake Bean might get a rest here um, because he cooled down a little bit in the last game. Um, and, you know, I could... I. You, he, he hasn't, he's been good and he's shown flashes of brilliance, but I don't know that it's been enough to where you're like, he can't come out no matter what. You know what I mean? Um, but like, if anything, if we were going to make an argument between people coming out of the lineup and who's earned a, a third pair role more this season between Jake Bean and Hayden Flurry, it's Jake Bean without a doubt. Because even when Jake Bean's had shaky moments defensively, offensively, he's been doing elite things. Like elite things. Like top-level talent things, okay? So that is a standout ability. Hayden Flurry is just kind of average at everything. Which is fun. Like, that's that's good. That's a very useful person, right? But if you're going to be average at everything, and other people around you are going to be average, but then really good at this one thing, well, okay, then that that gives the coach more of a reason to put that person in over you. And I don't quite understand what we don't understand about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't. And so now you get, now what you get is, I get it. Like I said, Brady Shea makes fucking mistakes. The guy's going to make mistakes. He makes bonehead plays where you go, what are you doing? But he also has good plays. But, but people will ignore the good plays and just focus on the negative because any mistake that someone not named Hayden Flurry is making right now they, they want Hayden Flurry to be in the lineup so badly because they want to will him to be better than he's been playing that they, they look for all these things that other guys are doing and say this, 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 this. Uh, let me make a list of just the negative things and then show it to you and, and prove my point that this guy shouldn't be in the lineup. Like If you're really arguing that on a consistent day-in, day-out basis that Hayden Flurry deserves to be in the top six defense or on the second pair more than Brady Shea does I just don't think you know what you're talking about to be honest I know that probably comes off shitty I know it probably comes off like I you know I'm saying you don't know anything but like you might I just I just really really think you're wrong about that I really do having having seen you know having really pay attention to these guys when they play and and, and knowing what it takes to be, you know, Brady Shea plays a really physical game, which you don't notice as much until it's gone. And when people win easy battles in front of the net, which against Hayden Flurry, I've seen happen a lot. He's not physical enough. He needs to be more physical, and he even knows that, you know? And I get it. It's not a forte of his game, but, like, what is? What, like, that's the thing is, like, what is a strong suit in Hayden Flurry's game? He's just kind of average at everything. Like, you know when you, you know in like a racing game where you're trying to be like, what car should I use? And it's got the one that's like, oh, the acceleration's like through the roof, but the traction is terrible. And then, you know, you've got this one that's like, everyone picks the one that's like pretty average, but has that one thing that's way better than everything else, right? 
Like you pick the one where it's like the acceleration's like a seven out of 10 and everything else is like a six. And I like that because it averages out to the best thing, you know? Hayden Flurry is like a five. He's like that, that car that's like a five out of 10 on literally everything. No one picks that fucking car. I gotta tell you. No one's going for that one. It's boring. It's the boring choice, you know? You're going for the fucking one that's got 10 speed. And you're like, I don't give a shit if I spin out at every turn. I got 10 speed. Like, I can beat you, I can win just because there's no car faster. Do you know what I mean? That is kind of the equivalent of, like, Hayden Fleury versus Jake Bean right now. Is Jake Bean's, you know, proven that his offense can be, like, an 8 out of 10. And Hayden Fleury's is, like, a 4 or a 5. And so, you know, Hayden Fleury, like... Defense-wise, has maybe been like a 6 out of 10 this year. Maybe, let's say a 7 out of 10. Fine. Okay, well, I think Jake Bean's been like a 6 or a 7 also. But Jake Bean's offense has been like an 8 or a 9. So, who would you pick? If these guys are cars in a video game, which one are you picking? You're picking Jake Bean every time, okay? So maybe you're Quelm. You're Quelm. Just made up a fucking word. Quelm. We're sticking with it. Maybe your Quelm is between... And that just means you're, you're bone to pick from now on, okay? I'm making the word... It exists. I don't care if it's not a word. I don't care if it's an existing word that means something else. Now it means what I wanted it to mean, okay? So if your Quelm with uh, Hayden Flurry, like the matchups, is between, let's say, Jake Gardner, okay? Again, Jake Gardner, I think, has more offensive upside than Hayden Flurry. So there's there's one of those bars that's, you know, higher than Flurry's. And his defense this year has been pretty similar. You can say what you want about that, but Hayden Flurry hasn't been terrible defensively, he hasn't been great. He's been just kind of average. And that's fine, but I think that for the most part, every other Hurricanes defenseman has been about average too. Um, okay, so let's take the Quelm to uh, Brady Shea now, between Flurry and Shea. First of all, Shea's a better skater, which means that by default, he's going to have an easier time getting it out of the zone because he can just skate it out of the zone. And I think that the best plays he makes are when he decides to, hey, you can just skate the puck and not try to just throw it out to the middle of the ice, Okay. Uh, here's where I think Hayden Flurry has an up, uh, uh, you know, a, a higher rating on something than than Brady Shea is consistent decision making. I think that Hayden Flurry consistently makes the safer plays, but Hayden Flurry also cannot execute the necessary plays as often as Brady Shea can. Like Hayden Flurry will lose more battles because one, he's not he's not as physical. That's one thing Brady has. Uh, he's not as good of a skater. He's a good skater. He is, but Brady Shea is a really, really good skater. Uh, and when he gets the legs going, like he's going to beat people. Um, so, like, I feel like Brady wins more battles. Brady turns the puck over way more. So, okay, have that argument there. But to me, Brady Shea has more upside because he's much more physical in front of the net. He wins more battles like that. Um, and when he's not making dumb turnovers in the defensive zone, he is getting pucks out, you know? Um, just do this for me, okay? I don't care if you agree or disagree. I really don't. It's fine if you disagree, but just do like do me this favor so that you can you can look at it from all sides and not just be in a fucking echo chamber with who you think should be in the lineup. Because I gotta fucking tell you, when it's you over here on this side saying these people should never be out and these people should always be out, and then on this side is like the Hurricanes coaching staff who, you know, some of them are like Hall of Fame level players, ex-players and guys that have been around the game for forever or have been in the organization for a long time and know hockey really, really well, better than you, better than me, you know? 
when it's you over there and this guy over here is like, no, 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 that's wrong. He's right. Like, <laughs> he just is. You know what I mean? These lineup decisions are not wrong. We can argue about, you know, the amount of games guys gets taken out, but like the 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 fact that Hayden Flurry hasn't been a mainstay on defense is not an accident and it's not a misjudgment call. It's because that's what guys like Rod Brendamore have seen and he's decided that other guys have, you know, had a little bit more to offer this season and he's right about that. Like he just is. So, my my point was just do this for me. Instead of watching guys like Brady Shea or Jake Gardner or, or whoever you want it to be that you want to, you know, have fucking... Some people have like a 30-tweet quota that they have to reach where they say negative things about one player and pick out... If you... Either do this. One of two ways, okay? To be consistent. Either pick out literally every possible negative thing that every player in the lineup does every night because there are plenty like, I can point to left and right, but we don't nitpick on them because people make fucking mistakes. Guess what? They also make good plays. Like, you're going to make mistakes when you're trying to make plays, okay? So either either nitpick every single mistake and document every fucking mistake that every player on the ice is making and lose, like, half of your followers probably because everybody's gonna be like, this person fucking sucks. Or go the other way and actually look for the positive things that this person is doing. I bet you a lot of you can't find them because you refuse to look for them. A lot of people would say that Brady Shea has been horrible this year. It's because you don't know how to look for the positive because you have this idea made up that he shouldn't be in the lineup. Hayden Flurry should be in the lineup. And you're so upset and passionate about that that you refuse to you refuse to look at good things that you guys like Shea have done. Because overall, I would say he's been having a good season. It's the reason why he is in the lineup every night playing with Brett Pesci, who's one of the best defensemen, not only on this team, but to me, in the league. So, it's not a, it's not by accident. He's earned it. He, he makes mistakes, but he makes plays. I'm, I, you know, it's frustrating as shit, because some nights the mistakes are overwhelmingly too many. Do you know what I mean? And some nights the mistakes win, and some nights the good plays win. And it is frustrating when it's not more consistent. Like, you know, Brett Pesci is just consistently good. <laughs> you know, but that's why he's so good. Like, not everyone can be Brett Pesci. You, I mean, I would love to have a team of nothing but Brett Pesci's. Trust me, I really, really would. Um, but it just, uh, it, it can't happen. Like, there's only so many Brett Pesci's in the world. So go look for the good things that some of these guys are doing. Just try. Try your hardest to, to block out the negative and just focus on the good things that people are doing. Because I've done it before. To be honest with you, I've probably I've probably been looking for too many negative things out of Nedeljkovic because I I have never been sold on him as you know the the a future goalie for the Hurricanes. I've always been skeptical, and for that reason, naturally, I tend to look for more negative things than positives. Okay, but I have to catch that in myself. Thank you to my dog for doing that. I have to catch that in my brain, like recognize that it's happening. And I have to say, well, hang on, like, let's, let's judge it fairly, okay? And when you judge it fairly, you realize, like, I mean, he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad in any, in any really games. Like, some games you just, he, the, he leaves a little bit to be desired. But I, these last two games that he's played, great. He's been great. He was really, really good on Wednesday against Tampa. The only reason why that game didn't get real out of hand, I think. And Vasilevsky was really good, like the Hurricanes... You know, didn't deserve to get shut out, but they didn't put up enough effort to 
to win the game by any means, but like they didn't deserve to get shut out. He stood on his head too. Uh, but Ned did, you know, almost all game. It was like every five minutes he was expected to make a really big save. Uh, and you know, so much credit to him because that's really hard to do. And and I'm glad that he's beginning to look like he's playing with more confidence. And you know, like he's playing like he belongs here. That's what you have to do. Goaltending is such a mental fucking. I cannot tell you. I used to play goalie, and it used to stress me the fuck out sometimes when I knew that, you know, tight game. It's like, can you handle the pressure or not? Tight game. Sometimes you're feeling it. If you're feeling it and you were able to make some like easy early stops and see the puck well and stuff, then by the end of the game, you're like, all right, I can do this. And you tend to make more saves and you tend to make saves that you didn't even know you could make. You didn't even know you were capable of doing that, but it's because you were confident, you weren't worried about shit and you were just letting your reflexes do it. And, uh, you know, it's muscle memory. Like you'll make saves that you weren't even trying to make. Like they just happened because like your body's just like, all right, this is our job. Stop the puck. And then there are some games where you're in your head a little bit and, you know, uh, the best player on the other team comes streaking down the wing and you're like, oh, fuck, he's going to shoot. Am I going to be able to stop this? He's really good. And you know what I found? A lot of fucking times when you think that way, that shot goes right by you. Because instead of being focused on the puck off of the stick in the air and watching it, you know, hopefully into your glove or into your chest or wherever you're making the save, and controlling the rebound. Instead of focusing on that, you're 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 focusing on am I going to make this stop? And you won't consistently. So a lot of goaltending is confidence and it's mental stuff. I think that early on, Ned was trying to maybe try like he knew he had to prove himself, and that in and of itself is really hard to deal with because like it's just stress, like it's it's can you handle the moment? That's what you're thinking in your head. Like, can I do this? Can I do this? And and don't you can't think that. I think finally he's thinking like, I got this. And you're seeing it translate into him looking better. He's controlling rebounds way more. All that sort of stuff. So look, I can say fucking positive things about a person that I haven't always been that positive about. And I think that it's been fair at times. Like, I don't think I've been unfairly critical of Nadelkovic. But I think that you, if you're going to criticize someone, you 100% have to be willing to point out the things they do well in in a fair way and like I try to do that as much as I possibly can you know I don't have anything out against any of these players I've said this time and time again like I want all of them to be amazing I want Hayden Fleury to prove himself I do I want him to earn a spot in the lineup I want that more than anything for him because like Hayden Fleury is a great guy like he's worked hard like he deserves you know success but like you have to it's sports. You have to be better. Just wanting it isn't enough. Like you have to be better. So if other guys are better, I'm just going to point that out. Like, I'm not saying that, oh, he sucks. He's never going to be like, no, I hope that the next game, I think that next game he'll be in the lineup again. And I hope that he has the best game of the season. And I hope that next week we're having a different conversation. But so far this season, like I haven't been all that impressed with, with Hayden Flurry, And I'm not surprised that he's been in and out of the lineup. And I don't quite understand why more people are. The only reason I can think of is that they have this idea in their head that he's this and they refuse to just watch the game and, and like they've already decided. There's nothing, they're not taking in any evidence and, and basing their thoughts off of that, you know? They've already decided that it is what it is. So that's just what it is. If you are one of these people, I mean like respect, but just take a step back and just, and just evaluate, the, evaluate the team 
fairly without your 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 fan lenses on as much. Like you have to be willing to take a step back and be like, has this guy, you know, how good has he been? How bad has this guy been? Like more often than not, you'll find that most NHL players don't play terrible for stretches because they wouldn't stay in the lineup. You know what I mean? You just think that to you is terrible because you're you're calculating all the mistakes they're making and that's all you're remembering. And so in your mind, you're like, he had a horrible game. He made this, 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 and this mistake. But what you're leaving out is that he also did this, this, and this well. You know? He might have saved a goal at some point, but you fucking that just flew right over your head because you were too focused on, oh, he went to make this long pass and it got intercepted. You know? Everyone's going to make mistakes. It's frustrating when you see guys make a lot of them. Um, but, you know, that's when you're asking your defense to be heavily involved in your game, you're asking them to make mistakes. You're asking them to take risks. Guys are going to make mistakes. Like, Brady Shea has always taken risks. And now he has the freedom to do that on this team. And, and I think that he's been better than he was on New York for that reason. But you're also going to see mistakes. Like, it's going to fucking happen. Guess what? Hayden Fleury has made mistakes this year, too. Um, so I don't know if you remember those. If you're only looking for the positives in him and you're only looking for the negatives in guys like Shea or Gardner or whoever it may be. But, you know, just 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 think a little more fairly and 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 like an even playing field with your criticisms. Because sometimes it's just ridiculous the amount of, you know, oh, this guy is the best when he hasn't, like, he hasn't earned that yet, you know? Like, oh, you know, he's got potential and hopefully he's on his way there, but, like, he hasn't earned it yet, you know? Ned hasn't earned being a starting goalie. <laughs> like, he just hasn't. But some people have that in their head already that that's what he should be. So that's what they're, that's just, that's it, you know? And some people have it in their head that Hayden Fleury's a top four defenseman, and so that's what he is. And, like, they haven't earned those things yet. So let them earn them first. Like, like them, you know? Like the player, praise the player, but don't try to give them shit before they've earned it. And that's today's TED Talk. This was a, like a 35-minute lecture, I felt like. Uh, I'm sorry if it was, if it was like too, you know, lectury argumentative, but like I just, these things... I see these things all the time, man, and, like, I usually just ignore it, but, like, man, it really starts to just, I'm like, what, what, like, what's going on in your head where these are your takes day in, day out? I just don't get it. I have, like, 70 people on Twitter muted (laughs) because, like, it's just irrational shit left and right, and I'm like, I don't need to see that. And then my fucking friends will text them to me. Every tweet, every tweet, every, every person with a stupid take that you've seen, I probably have that person muted, and my fucking asshole friends have probably sent me screenshots of every fucking one. And they know, and now they do it for fun. Every time, you know, a certain person tweets, they send me the tweet, and I'm like, ah, I hate it. I, I hate the take. It's the same take every time, and it's wrong. Like, it bothers me so much. It's the reason why I don't want, like, it's not disrespect. Like, you could say whatever you want. Like, it's fine. But it's it bothers me when I see it. So for my own sanity, I will... Make sure that I don't see it. It's nothing against you. It's it's a me thing. Like it's a, I don't want to see that because it will drive me insane. And I don't want to be insane. I don't want to wake up in the morning and look at it and be like, oh, now I'm fucking mad. I don't want to be mad, you know. So just just like make more sense with your with your criticisms and your praises. Make it make more sense. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Just make it make sense, Canes fans. You know. Let's let's study the game. Let's let's actually 
think about the hockey that's being played and not just the players that we like personally and we want them to be this. Like, that doesn't make them that. I wish it did because that would be really cool. Uh, we'd have, you know, amazing players if that's all it took, but they got to earn it. Let them earn it. Give them a chance to earn it, you know? Anyway, thanks for sticking through this if you have. Appreciate you as always. Oh, the, the jersey competition um, on Twitter. Go check out my pinned tweet at Kane's Train Pod. Uh, you'll see we're doing a jersey contest. It's the same as the last one if you were around for that. All you have to do is follow at Kane's Train Pod on Twitter, uh, follow at HockeyPodNet, and retweet my pinned tweet, okay? The way this works is all the network shows are doing it. Whoever's tweet gets the most retweets gets to give away a free jersey to, you know, they get to, they get to pick the fan who wins. So I want to pick you. If you're listening to this and you want a free jersey, I want to pick you, okay? So uh, go retweet that and follow those things. Like, that's all it takes. It's super easy. It's a real free jersey. We did it not that long ago. You can go look at, at HockeyPodNet. Someone got a free jersey out of it. Like, all they had to do was retweet some stuff. It's pretty cool. It's pretty easy to do. It's very easy to do. So go do that at Pod at HockeyPodNet. Follow those two. Retweet my pen tweet at Pod and get a chance to win a free jersey. But only if we win the retweets, and right now we're a little behind. So, you know, all it takes is for a couple people to retweet it in bunches, and then that's what retweets are, man. It reaches an exponential amount of people. More people see it, they go, I want a free jersey. Like, get your friends to do it, you know? If you want to win, that tweet has to win. So you it, you have to help. Like, I can only help so much. I pump it every day, you know? But you have to tell people, like, hey, go retweet this thing I retweeted so that uh, we might win a jersey. Like, the only way it happens is for there to be a lot of people that want to do it. So thanks so much for listening, supporting. I appreciate it. Subscribe to the show. Uh, rate and review if you get a chance. That'd be awesome. And uh, I'll be back on Monday, uh, hopefully talking about a win. Let's go, Canes. We're going to be all right. And uh, calm, calm yourselves, you know? Calm yourselves. Later.